0: This episode deals with pregnancy loss and includes emotional personal stories. Hello, I'm Jess and welcome to the Modern Babies podcast, where we've been delving into different journeys with fertility, conception and starting a family. This season in particular, I've been calling on Janaya's doctors, experts and patients to give us a quick insight into some of the more common fertility journeys that individuals or couples might face. And then showing you where you can dig a little deeper if something resonates particularly with you. If you're looking for advice on fertility or IVF yourself, you can visit janea.com.au to request an appointment with one of their fertility specialists. As we've learned, falling pregnant is not as easy as it's made out to be, and staying pregnant is another thing altogether. Today, we'll be talking about when pregnancy ends unexpectedly. The words, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat, can be some of the most heartbreaking you will ever hear. In episode two of Modern Babies season two, Christine shared her story of fertility treatment after she lost multiple pregnancies through both natural and assisted conception. Here she is now.
1: Four months into being married, I was 37 and we fell pregnant naturally. That was very exciting for a 37-year-old, four months. Not bad according to doctors, specialist statistics. That wasn't to be and I miscarried very early. When you go through a miscarriage, women say it's... It's a death, you know, it's, it's, it's like a loss. I have no words to describe that first one. I've had probably six miscarriages in total from that day. Each of the miscarriages hurt, but that first one where, you know, we felt pregnant naturally and we're like, yes, I've got this. I'm 37, but I've got this, you know, and then a week later to find out I was miscarrying, heart wrenching, absolutely heart-wrenching. I hated the world. I I just hated everyone. And I didn't want to be one of those women that looked at pregnant women and fell to pieces. I wanted them to be okay with me, but I couldn't help behind closed doors, cry my eyes out to my husband. I'd tell him, I know we're going to have a baby, but why couldn't this one be?
0: Sadly, miscarriage is not uncommon. It's estimated that around 10 to 20% or 1 in 7 pregnancies ends in miscarriage. And that number increases as women get older. Here's fertility specialist Dr Mark Livingston
2: miscarriage is pretty common, but depends on the woman's age primarily. So ladies in their 40s, miscarriage rates, one in three pregnancies will miscarry up to one in two, up to sometimes two out of three. If a woman's 45 or older, you can have two out of three pregnancies will miscarry. So for those ladies, it's not just getting pregnant, it's holding onto a pregnancy and not having an abnormal pregnancy. Younger women, pregnancy, miscarriage rates probably around about one in six, one in seven if you're in your 20s. So it happens and there are a lot more people in their 20s having babies, so a lot more miscarriages or people trying to get pregnant at that point in time. So a lot more miscarriages in that age group. But the main people that I will see in my practice are usually ladies in their 30s and 40s because a lot of people work, I work in the city and a lot of ladies in the city are trying to get pregnant at 30s and 40s.
0: Some studies even suggest that the actual rate of miscarriage in early pregnancy could be as high as between 60 to 75% of conceptions with the vast majority happening before a woman realizes that she's pregnant.
2: A miscarriage is when you've got some signs of a pregnancy more on an ultrasound. So at 6 or 7 weeks we do an ultrasound. We see a little sac inside the uterus but maybe there's no what we call fetus or baby or there's no heartbeat there. And miscarriage can happen right through pregnancy. I mean you can have second trimester miscarriage can happen at 13 to 25, 26 weeks when the pregnancy is a lot more advanced. But the most common times for miscarriage or non-viable pregnancy is usually about seven, eight, nine weeks.
0: In fact, miscarriage is so common that it's not considered a fertility issue until your second or third consecutive pregnancy loss and many miscarriages are unexplained which can be hard to make sense of if you've experienced it yourself. Because pregnancy happens entirely within our bodies, as women, it can be so easy to worry about what we might be doing right or wrong. But it's important to remember that a miscarriage usually means that the pregnancy couldn't continue because the baby wasn't healthy. There is almost always nothing that could have been done to prevent a pregnancy being lost or to hang on to a pregnancy that's destined to end in a miscarriage.
2: A lot of people blame themselves. You've got a non-viable pregnancy at seven weeks. So that's three weeks after the period was due. In those three weeks, a lot of ladies rack their brains. I did this. I carried shopping. I got stressed. We had sex. None of those things affect miscarriage. You said none of the uh, things there that people do cause a miscarriage, but there might be some stuff in your genetics that absolutely we should be aware of. What's the process around testing We can do testing of embryos to look for their chromosomes and that's something I do, I discuss routinely with all my patients doing IVF to discuss whether they would want to test embryos and look for the 46 chromosomes inside the embryo. Some people will choose IVF who've had miscarriages for the specific reason of testing embryos and looking for their chromosomes. That's the genetic material that we have. So we have 46 chromosomes, two Xs for a female, XY for a male but a number of embryos have abnormal chromosome pictures, an extra chromosome or a chromosome missing that means the embryo would implant and fail and wouldn't continue on to be a viable pregnancy. So some people will choose IVF from a fertility perspective to give a faster time to become pregnant, and also the possible option of testing embryos to look for the chromosomes. But only about 50% of miscarriages have got a chromosome abnormality, so even a tested embryo can still miscarry and not be a viable pregnancy.
0: So in normal human cells, there are 23 chromosome pairs, and these contain DNA and genes. When cells have the wrong number of chromosomes, the error is known as aneuploidy, the best known example of which is Down syndrome, which is the result of having three copies of chromosome 21 instead of the usual two. About nine out of 10 genetically abnormal pregnancies will not survive past the first trimester.
2: A lot of people don't want to talk about miscarriage. want to discuss it with people, explain they've had miscarriages. And when patients I've had have discussed it with friends or relatives, they actually find out there's somebody else they know who's had a miscarriage or who's had two miscarriages. It can be a way of getting more support as well, having someone else who's been through the same as you've been through.
0: If you're trying to fall pregnant and struggling, and particularly if you've suffered losses, you'll probably be seeing pregnancy and babies everywhere you look. Sometimes it can feel like everyone around you is falling pregnant, throwing baby showers and naively asking questions of you, like when you're going to have a baby. And if you're processing grief, loss and questions around your fertility, this can be incredibly challenging. This is something that Kayla and her husband experienced after losing multiple pregnancies themselves.
3: Thankfully, our relationship was really good. My husband and I really really great at communicating we definitely processed it differently we were quite proactive we saw a counsellor as well throughout this process quite a few times and if anything it really just reassured us that we weren't going crazy and that the emotions that we were experiencing were completely normal particularly the differences in the way in which we were both dealing
0: with it We dedicated a whole episode of Modern Babies Season 1 to the emotions of fertility journeys. It's Episode 9 if you want to jump back and listen a bit more in depth. But one thing that was clear is that, generally speaking, men can feel a little unsure of the best ways to help their female partners and tend to want to find a solution to fix the situation. We asked Kayla if this rang true for her and her husband a little bit
3: of a difference. I think um he wanted to fix the situation. He wanted to make me feel better, and he wanted to to fix it for me. And I think that was his way of dealing with it. He was very protective of me. You know, I was very sad a lot of the time, and he wanted to fix that. Whereas I kind of wanted to to be in that sad part and just process it and and have a little bit of time and and grieve. I think he found that hard to watch me do that when he wanted to make me feel better. Um, he definitely grieved in his own way, but he kind of came from more of the point where he wanted to to really to help me just fix it and, you know, make it better. So often that would cause conflict between us because I would, you know, sometimes I would just want to be sad because it was a really bad situation. So most of the time we were quite similar and particularly in those early weeks, we both were really, really quite down about it. It did take us a whole little while to to recover. When we shared stories about having a miscarriage, we also found out at the same time that You know, we'd had friends who did struggle to have their children and we never knew that. So they felt like they could come forward, even though they hadn't had a miscarriage, they still kind of could understand the frustration that we were feeling because they had gone through something, you know, similar in achieving their pregnancies.
0: Making sure that you have a support network in these times is so important. That could be your partner, friends or family, or it could mean a counsellor who you feel comfortable speaking with. There are also organisations like the Pink Elephant Support Network who can connect you with other people who've been through the same journey. Samantha Payne is one of the founders and the director of the Pink Elephants.
4: So we are a charity that sole purpose is to support, nurture and empower couples who are suffering from early pregnancy loss and fertility struggles.
0: The Pink Elephants have an incredible amount of resources online, guides on how to support friends and family experiencing pregnancy loss, what not to say, and how to just be there. The support that we offer first and
4: foremost is we produce and distribute emotional support literature, which is a form of resources. And all of those resources are written by ourselves who've been through loss to women who are currently going through loss and also to their partners in how they can support their partner through the loss. So part of what we want to achieve is education as well around the impact so that the woman who's having the loss is validated that the grief that she's feeling is real.
0: They also provide one-on-one support for the women who come
4: to them. We offer a meaningful connection with a woman who's been through loss, who's been trained by bereavement counsellors and how to manage somebody else's grief and we connect that woman with another woman who's currently going through loss.
0: It's this sort of support that inspired Samantha and co-founder Gabby Armstrong to start Pink Elephants in the first place. Around three years ago I had my second
4: loss and I was devastated, alone, felt really isolated, really struggled to find anyone to connect with who truly understood what I was going through. I fortunately stumbled across an anonymous post on a Facebook group and through that I met Gabby Armstrong who's the co-founder of the Pink Elephants with myself and she'd had miscarriages and she just wrote a lovely response to someone who'd posted about their loss so I um, direct messaged her said can you meet me for a coffee I'm really struggling and it was there and then that we truly connected on a level of understanding that you can't replace in any other way, just someone else who's been through what
0: I'd been through. It was a game changer, finding someone who knew what she was going through and who was willing and able to talk about those complicated emotional and physical impacts of pregnancy loss.
4: Miscarriage hasn't been spoken about previously. And we think that one of the reasons it hasn't been spoken about is because it's a woman's issue. And typically women's issues have been brushed under the carpet and you to deal with them in private and you're not to speak about them.
0: No two women have exactly the same experience of miscarriage, but Samantha and Gabby identified a journey that a lot of women go on after miscarriage and created the support groups within the network to respond to the different needs women have at different phases of this journey. From the miscarriage support, what we offer in that group is we offer connections with grief
4: practitioners who can offer ways to manage your grief, recognition of the different styles of grieving and just a safe space to connect with other women who also have recently just been through the loss of a baby Um, so that's a really active group it's really nice to see the support for each other and again that speaks back to the movement at the moment where women are sharing their journeys more and they've found their tribe and so they feel safe and they feel honored and within that space that they can communicate openly and honestly about their losses and then the preconception group is a really different type of space it's a hopeful space it's a supportive space in that you're holding your sister's hand who's going through this journey
0: The third group is Pregnancy After Loss, supporting women who are experiencing pregnancy again. So miscarriage induces
4: an intense period of emotional distress and there's strong links and there's a lot of research coming out of the UK at the moment that it's a significant post-traumatic stress disorder and that's what's happening and that's what women have been dealing with for years up until now without any additional support. So what's really nice about this group is we're recognising that that's something that you've potentially gone through with the grief and the loss of your last pregnancy, but we're also validating that this is a different pregnancy and it's about being able to manage those symptoms of anxiety pregnancy after loss is really hard to put your words around it. It's this whole, the innocence and the joy of pregnancy are gone. There's a massive sense of disbelief and apprehension and fear. And at that point, you need to be in exactly the same position as other people who are, I'm feeling this. Yeah, I'm getting that too. I'm having nightmares. I can't stop thinking that I'm having a miscarriage. I'm checking all the time to see if I'm bleeding. It's all of these kind of traumatic things that are constantly triggering in, in your brain. And if they're going around on loop in your brain on your own, that's not healthy. Whereas if you can share that with a group of other women who are also having those feelings, it kind of brings the anxiety down a notch. It's, yeah, that's normal. Okay, this is just a process that I have to go through.
0: This is something that Kayla experienced too. She went on to have a healthy baby. But as she mentions, the heartache of her previous pregnancy losses was still with her throughout the pregnancy.
3: My pregnancy with Amelia was very... Move failing, but it's not bad to worry. I was particularly anxious, obviously, in those first few weeks, still because, whilst I know that the embryo is healthy, there's still things that can go wrong in a pregnancy, particularly with the mother as well. You know, the embryo might not take properly, I could miscarry for a variety of other reasons. So, I was extremely anxious, I think, in those first 12 weeks. And then, of course, I was anxious. Right up until the day I had her, <laughs> then I had her and of course you get a whole new, um, lot of things to worry about once you have the baby, but I don't think that's unique to IVF patients. I think that's all parents. No matter how you achieve your pregnancy, I think you do obviously always worry and make sure that everything, you just want everything to go smoothly and you want your baby to be healthy at the end of the day.
0: So let's look back over the facts here. Miscarriage is not uncommon, particularly in early pregnancy. And in fact, one in seven pregnancies ends in loss. For women who give birth in their 30s, one in three is estimated to have had a miscarriage in the past, and that number increases with a woman's age. And despite the myths, miscarriage is not caused by exercising, working, travel, sex, the wrong food, alcohol, morning sickness, birth control pills, a fall, a fright stress or worry, wondering whether you want the baby or a previous abortion, the list goes on. The vast majority of miscarriages are unexplained, particularly because they're not usually investigated until a woman has had two or three in a row. A random genetic abnormality is the most common cause of a miscarriage. But let's say that you've experienced multiple miscarriages and you are concerned about your fertility. The first step is to visit your GP and ask for a referral to a fertility specialist who might suggest doing some tests. I'll get Dr. Mark Livingston back here to explain what these might look like.
2: Most common tests are usually a blood test. So to check the woman's chromosomes and also the male partner's chromosome, the genetic material. Along with that one blood test The same blood test But quite a few blood tubes Looks for hormone tests Looks for immunological tests Clotting screens Things like thyroid are for the hormone tests As well as an ultrasound To check structurally There's nothing wrong with the lining There's nothing inside the lining That might lead to more chance of a miscarriage Like something called a septum It's a little dividing wall in the middle of the uterus Or a fibroid that's bulging into the uterus a big lump of tissue that's, these, these little fibros can grow inside the uterus and can affect the chance of miscarriages. Sometimes we have to go in and actually remove these things to improve the chances for the future.
0: More than half of the time, these investigations don't find any explanation for miscarriages. And this is good news, as it means that a healthy pregnancy is likely to be achieved in the future without medical intervention, which can be a big relief in itself. For more on this topic, I'd recommend having a listen to Modern Babies Season 1, Episode 6, where you can hear Kayla's story in full, as well as our longer interview with Dr Mark Livingston about the science and testing behind miscarriage. You could also listen back to Episode 2 of that season for Christine's full story, where she talks about her fertility journey with genetic screening that led to her beautiful and healthy babies, one conceived through IVF and then another naturally. We've reached the end of our mini series and hopefully you've been able to find something amongst our interviews and past episodes that might help you with your own journey. I'd love to thank the teams at Janea and Nova Entertainment for making the Modern Babies podcast possible and for allowing me to be part of it. Like many people, I knew very little about the world of fertility and IVF before Josh and I jumped into it back in our first season and have been amazed at what I've learned along the way. It's affected not only my approach to my own fertility journey, but also how I've been able to understand and support friends going through their own challenges. I've had some really memorable moments from Josh recording some of the most awkward audio I've heard when going for a sperm test himself, to watching Janae's embryologist fertilize an egg in the lab and sharing tears with people who've shared their personal stories a particularly heartfelt thank you to all of these people whose brave words can be a huge help to others going through the same journeys if you're looking for advice on fertility or ivf yourself you can visit janea.com.au and request an appointment with one of their fertility specialists And you'll also find links to the resources that I mentioned earlier, like the Pink Elephant Support Network and past episodes of the Modern Babies podcast. I'm Jess. Thank you for listening.